We're Aaron and Dave Tashin, co-hosts of the Mindful Educators Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to another week of the High Tech Podcast. That's all I got to say. Welcome, <laughs> We're back, folks. Oh, no, there's only so many ways, folks, each week I can and bring you in. And, and I mean, make we, could just, we could just do a script. We could, but that would be absurd. Uh, Actually, yeah, I listened to uh, Brett Goldstein's uh, Films to be Buried With podcast, okay. and he does a little bit every week where he does introduce himself, and it's, I'm Brett Goldstein, actor, director, writer, and then he just starts getting weird, like, gardener, mushroom eater, and, you know, occasional Ooh, like sleeper. That. You know, it's it's pretty yeah. funny. It's cute. Well, that's but, fun. But we can't just do what he does. That's, that's not how it's Well, works. no, we could. It's called, it's called stealing. <laughs> it's, it's totally, it's totally okay. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's fine. Um, no, I know how our new intro should be. It should be something that no one's ever done before. You ready for this? Okay. We come in, and then one of us just says, in a galaxy far, far away. Sorry. I don't know. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> or our intro is just all horribly. Well, yeah, now that you did that, our podcast is going to get silenced for copyright. Um <laughs> <laughs> Great. Disney's going to come for Disney us. Disney is always watching. Um, Last week it was no, Pixar. Like, this week it's Disney. Yeah, they're they're going to shut us down. Um, no, like our intro could always be. Sorry, folks, just deal with us for a little bit while we work out our intro live with you. Um, our intro should always just be like stereotypical introductions to stories. So it could be like in a galaxy far, far away. Once upon a time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Those are the I, only two I, I know. I need to. I need to work out some. We're going to need to find some more. Yeah, I'm gonna need to find some. Need to find some others. Just open um, them in a haiku every every week. A different haiku. Yes. Seven five seven bars. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, a haiku intro. That'd be great. Just like a high tech oh, no. podcast haiku every time. I'm feeling high. T- a high tech haiku. A high tech haiku. Um, oh, I'm going to put that on you though, because you feel like the person who should be good at haikus, not me. I'm going to be honest. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> My my anyway. uncle sent me my uncle sent me something this week. Never be first, never be last, and never volunteer. Well, uh, that's a good <laughs> volunteered. Motto. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Welcome to the High Tech Podcast. This is Josh. Will we're here? Welcome. We're back. There we go. Um, we're we're super excited this week. We got a great episode. Um, we are continuing the Robin S. Jeffers Learning Taxonomy series. But before we go any farther, just a reminder. We're online, not just in your podcast app, but we are in other places uh, on the socials, uh, as as the kids say these days. No, 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 um, on on a social. We no, are hold on. on. Hold on. A- yeah, no, I created okay. an Instagram last week. I don't know if you know this. I'm just joking. I didn't. Uh, I, so I, like, what? Instagram. I do have an Instagram. If um, you make it, you've got to run it. I ain't running I gotta, it. Yeah, I got to run it. I don't want to run it. Um, yeah, we're on a social, as the kids would say. Uh, we are on Twitter at High Tech Podcast. <laughs> Uh, go check us out subscribe let us know you're alive you're there we want to engage with you we post stuff fun stuff like us things about our episodes you know follow us retweet us yeah P- please retweet and thanks us. yeah it'd be great um you can also uh email us at index if i almost said index ha Apparently it's your turn we, it's my turn this week uh inbox at hightechpod.us uh you can send either to the twitter or to the email uh the email uh to our email uh a picture of the animal like we ask every week uh i'm gonna be hold on i'm gonna be honest here okay i'm this is i'm doing this off the cuff today um Uh-oh. okay we've Uh-oh. asked for a lot of animals i feel like it's it's time to change oh you know like i okay. i feel like it might be time to change what should we start asking people for we clearly have planned carefully um uh i mean you could say we could go for like um a volkswagen beetle on the beach like a like a car nature scene thing let me be honest i'm not loving it like a car on a canoe like a car like vehicles on other vehicles (laughs) (laughs) is that our our go-to vehicleception 
vehicleception. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to workshop this a bit more. I, I just feeling. I just oh. want I just want some homegrown pictures of Groot this week. Okay, I am okay, Groot. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, give us a picture of Groot. If you don't know who Groot is, look up Groot. Okay, and then send us a picture of Groot. I um, am Groot. That's all I want. A fun picture of Groot. Okay, send that over to inbox at hightechpod dot us or at high tech podcast on twitter um also we have a website you can check that out we put lots of fun resources and things up there that go with our uh, episodes at high tech pod dot us uh you can check that out there as well that is our website so there's our stuff we are online tonight that is, that is the thing today this morning tonight, our episodes today. drop at 6 a.m that's when that you are listening recording principles i teach my smes <laughs> the opposite um, so in an undescript time that we are in at this moment in a galaxy far far away <laughs> at a time it be, it hence undisclosed day, night evening afternoon it's it's a time um yeah you are listening to this episode in which we will be hosting robin s jeffers for the robin s jeffers learning taxonomy series we're very thrilled but not just robin like josh said at the end of last week's episode he queued you up we are going to have dr justin harbin with us as well the four of us are going to wrap up the rsjlts by (laughs) looking at fink's learning taxonomy and i couldn't be more excited yeah i'm super pumped uh, this episode is going to be definitely a nerd out episode, um, so prepare yourself, uh, but it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to dig into Finks with both of them. I feel like they need no other introduction. They've been on the podcast now multiple times. Yeah. They're s- seasoned high-tech podcasters, um, you know? Seasoned. Uh, like Cajun or maybe barbecue? Um... I mean, they're not quite Cajun yet. Cajun, Cajun would, I don't know what the Cajun cutoff is, but I'm just going to make it up right now. It's 12 episodes. It needs to be 12 episodes <laughs> to be Cajun. <laughs> That's great. I, we should create an entire seasoning yeah. level. Robin to... and Justin, you need to get legs. Let's go. More episodes. Yeah. You need to get yeah, to Cajun status. You got to get to Cajun style. Um, anyway, super excited. They're joining us. Without further ado, let's just jump in. You don't need to listen to the two of us anymore. Uh, let's listen to the four of us. Okay, we are here with Robin S. Jeffers the in our only. Learning Taxonomy series. Of the Learning and Taxonomy series. Dr. Justin Harbin, thank you both for joining us this evening, this time that we are recording. Sorry, Josh. Oh, yeah, sorry. Nondescript time. Whatever time you're listening to this, that's when we're here. It's there. He tries, he tries <laughs> to coach me like he coaches his SMEs. Like, try not to say this morning or thank you for joining me today. Like. <laughs> This nondescript time whenever you happen to be listening to this. Robin, are you just thrilled to be a part of the series that is in your honor? I am. It's kind of surprising <laughs> every time you say it, which is a lot. Oh, <laughs> I must as often, say. Oh, we as do. Often as we can. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but yes, I'm thrilled. It, you know, Happy was, to pass on this legacy. Justin was just one joke away from it being him, so. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you got it on sooner. And really, in the yeah. high-tech podcast, how do things happen? Will just, Will and I just go, this is an idea, we're going to do it. And then that's what happens. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so this week, you know, you, you know our folks, you know our panel. We're very excited. We don't usually interview more than one person. In fact, I usually never. Um, yeah, having the never group happened. tonight... <laughs> first panel yay will be fun we are going to dig into the final learning taxonomy for the series which is going to be fink's significant learning outcomes i am very excited for this episode to be the one pitching and not hitting i i don't know finks i had never heard of finks until robin's first uh, most recent episode with us uh and even the app coming later on i'd never heard of so we're very i'm just like i'm gonna get out of the way here who uh jay why don't you give us a little bit of your background with finks and then we'll go to robin sure so i, I suppose i've known about finks for i don't know several years now but um have largely been a really big fan of it uh in the sense that you know you guys are I'm sure I've talked about this a bit, but um, sometimes when we look at, you know, the traditional kind of bloom setup or others, uh, even the visualizations can create some problems for us. So, you know, when we see those pyramids, you know, the red flags go up. I was just telling my students this this morning and um, 
I appreciate how things kind of goes out of its way to to really help the reader understand that it is um, we need multiple levels of learning and act interacting at once. Hmm. Um, and so uh, literally this morning in my instructional design class for sophomores in our teacher ed program, where we talk lesson planning, writing objectives, all that good stuff. Um, we were talking things. Uh, we also talked Bloom and Kratwall uh, and Harrow and some others, but I was, I'm sorry. I was proposing. Oh. Did you just say Kratwall? Kratwall. Krat- I'm sorry. I'm just no, going to be sorry. honest. We, we've been doing a series on taxonomies and it, I, I should have had a counter. It took Justin like five seconds to name <laughs> two that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> I was wondering if you guys were going to mention that or just let that slide. <laughs> no, I, couldn't, I couldn't get past crap wall. Like in my, I'm like, what a name, poor guy. Oh, hey, we don't name him. Yeah. So, but I was, I was keep framing Fink's as a, as a, uh, and, and Fink tells you this in his book uh, that significant learning experiences was meant in some senses. He hoped to be a successor to Bloom's, and I think it's done that well, in my humble opinion. Ooh, the humble opinion of Doctor Justin Harbin. <laughs> oh God! What What about you, Robin? How, when did you first come into contact with it? How, what's your background? Um, we read Fink's book as a design team um, three years ago, two and a half, two years ago, <laughs> twenty twenty when I started. Oh, that's um, like twenty years ago. We all accept yeah, that like COVID a really time. Long time ago. Yeah, like twelve um, years. When I came to our office and joined our design team, we start, we read the book as um, the instructional designers. So that's when I first heard about it. Um, and and have both of you had the chances to like apply this in courses still, or is it something you're starting to teach about, but you haven't necessarily designed a course this way? I definitely think about it as I'm designing courses. I don't know, like we use, we actively use webs in the office to design courses. So um, it's not the one that I go to automatically um but i definitely think about the principles from finks like when i'm teaching like mostly my traditional undergrad courses that i teach on the side um, rather than the office prepared ones wait an instructional designer teaches on the side and and moonlights and contracts and (laughs) well (laughs) moonlights is like eight in the morning but yeah (laughs) well i'm allowed to teach two classes a semester so as an instructional designer so got it i take full advantage of that because i do miss the classroom um but you know going from full-time classroom to no classroom is hard but yeah Jay, have you gotten the chance to design a course with it from the get-go or incorporate it? Yeah, in a few different ways. So I guess first in my role uh, with the Center for Teaching and Learning, I've used it to create materials for our faculty. So uh, I run our new faculty induction. Uh, It's going to be a year-long faculty learning community. And we've used it there as we talk about effective teaching and course design. Um, We've used it. uh, There was a, a digital workshop I created for our faculty where I took uh, at our school, we had this kind of academic vision statement. Like what is our, beyond the mission statement, what does our education actually look like in practice? And so it's kind of a three tiered piece to it or three air, three spheres of focus, I should say. And I overlaid that on Fink's and uh, kind of unpacked that a bit to help, I'm sorry. help interpret each other. You took the snowflake that is the Fink's diagram that I'm looking at and you laid yeah. it on something else? You should see the concept map. Was that a kaleidoscope? That oh, of course. It, of course. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous <laughs> and very Wait, complex. you created a concept map? That's absurd. No way. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It's like the last oh. thing you would do. No, yeah, yeah, very foreign to me. Um, so I, I've used it there uh, through my capacity with faculty, but I also uh, this summer redesigned our instructional design course. And this is a course that gets not just education students, but we'll have a few others. We have health and physical education. We have couple of school counseling students, intercultural studies, TESOL, because it's one of that, one of those like fundamental, you know, what you need to know. Um, and yeah, so yeah. anything from, you know, teaching and learning philosophy to uh, lesson planning and, and the like. And so literally today in class, we were unpacking it uh, for the second time, actually. Um, but I redesigned the course around this. So when students are thinking of goals or objectives, activities, as they write them, they're, they're, they're supposed to be mapping on to one or multiple of the, what do we call them? The snowflake pieces or the, uh, the different, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, the petals of the flower. I like that. I think it's um, a good flower. Yeah, no, I, the, the graphic I'm looking at at the moment is flower-like, flower-esque. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so no, I've been able to use it uh, a fair amount, and I really, really enjoy it because it just it meshes so well with the other things I'm teaching the students about cognitive science, that um, uh, the complexities in play. And, and so it just plays so nice with that. Whereas while Bloom and others work really well, uh, even webs to an extent, there's pieces they, they leave out. Um, I'm speaking of Bloom's cognitive. Um, but uh, or, or the framing of it can be misleading and direct us to, to certain places. Well, they're easily measured. I mean, webs and blooms, like it's easily like you can assign a number to things. Mm, um, yeah. So that's easy to do. Finks is a little harder because it, the main idea is like significant change in the learner. So you yeah. can't easily measure that ever. That's, that's something that Josh and I have touched on in past episodes. Like, frankly, the other taxonomies are researchable. Like they're very easy yeah. for they're very good for research. You can look back on a course and say, did the students get to the, 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 um, one thing I've just realized though, we're jumping in, we're having fun already, but, uh, we haven't really discussed the taxonomy itself. We are all looking yeah. at a diagram. We're all pretty familiar. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump in. I think the way we'll do this is here. Here's how I think we do this. Uh, Robin and, and Justin, I'm curious. What uh, would be your elevator description, as I call it, of things? So you're you're stuck in a room with somebody for one minute, and you've got to describe the basics of things. Justin's um, stuck in a room with somebody for one minute and talks to them for five. Yeah, yeah. So, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm limiting. I'm limiting you. It's fine. You can go into. You can go into five. Let's. You know, it's a long just elevator. Joshing. I'm just long, joshing you know, with you. Oh, that just hurt a little bit. You know, don't do that. Um, so I'd be curious how you guys would define it. I mean, we've talked about things a little bit before in the, the podcast when Robin was first on. Um, but I think that would be kind of helpful just for those listening to this to think through just summary at base, kind of what is things um, kind of there. So let's, uh, Justin, you're the first one on my side screen. So I'm going to start with you. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> I'm honored to elevator. be there randomly. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> things has um six dimensions uh i'll just kind of work my way around the flower uh but the first is foundational knowledge and this is you know your your basic ideas facts concepts it's the raw material that you need to do other things right um application uh is the next dimension it is going i'm trying to move quickly here do you guys like how i'm going so far i'm pretty oh, proud no, of myself you know, well you just took up more seconds like pause the clock for that oh so sure, you, sure 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 i'm gonna go find another group to see look how good i'm doing right now and then you walk back in. yeah exactly what I did. <laughs> the elevator stopped on the floor the doors open justin stepped out for a second said something stepped back in door shut back up all right here we go yeah application is the second one and that's where we're doing something the student is doing something with that foundational knowledge we're seeing transfer of learning to novel contexts things like that um integration uh, is a really fascinating one to me um and i appreciate even the differentiation between application and integration but integration is where we're seeing those connections to prior knowledge uh and to students uh network of understanding um things they know elsewhere uh with the human dimension uh, this is where we're, we're crossing into affective components as well, which is, again, why I love this uh, framework. Uh, human dimension is looking at what are the human impacts of the things I'm studying, both within and outside the classroom. Um, a lot of different examples we could talk about, but we won't because we're trying to keep this to a minute. Um, <laughs> caring is the next one. And what Fink meant here mostly was that there's a, it's a again, a kind of a dispositional piece but that students have a greater level of commitment and care to this thing you're talking about, this thing you're, you're, you're working through in the lesson than they did prior to your class. And the last is learning how to learn. And that's, again, learning what successful learners do, don't do, and so on. So that's the main framework of, and there's different ways each one of those gets expressed. So some of those are easier to measure. Others become a little more difficult. And... Robin, 60 seconds on the clock. No, I'm joking. I want you to take twice <laughs> as long as Justin. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's not fair because he went through each one and said what it was. Um, I would say <laughs> that, <laughs> I was like, what do you add to that? There aren't any more petals. Um, I would say <laughs> that the most, one of the most important things is the change in the learner. And I think Fink does mm -hmm. a really good job of combining the cognitive and the affective pieces of student learning 
Whereas like some of the other um, taxonomies do a really good job at doing them separately. Um, Like Bloom has like three of them, but Fink does a really good job combining them. And he says that there's no change, there's no learning. Um, and that the significant mm. learning equals lasting change. So I think that's where especially the affective pieces come in. Though they are harder to measure, they become more lasting and important for the student. So I think that's something that teachers can't ignore if they expect to have a good course and a good experience. Mm. Um, he says the components of teaching, obviously knowledge of subject matter, design of instruction, the interactions between the student and the teacher. I think that's where the human dimension comes in. And then, of course, the management of the actual course that the student is going through. Um, and then eventually, like, that learning how to learn, the last piece is the one that, you know, elicits the lasting change in the student. I I think hearing – so as I look at it, I've got foundational knowledge, application, and integration on the right-hand pedals – and then I've got learning how to learn, caring, human dimension on the left-hand pedals. The right-hand side to me feels like the other taxonomies, feels mm-hmm. like the cognitive approach to education that I'm so mm-hmm. experienced in. The left-hand side feels like that, definitely the affective domain, but the just the human element of learning yeah. that I, I yeah. don't think is captured in the other taxonomies. And just the very fact that human dimension is a is a category is one of those things that makes it like, it's like a light bulb moment for me. Like, how did I learn in those classes where the teacher sucked? Oh, cause I was there. I was human. I was doing something. I, and then to the caring point, like there, you know what I mean? Like not all yeah. classes are good. Not all teachers are good. Not all students are good at, at learning, at teaching, at being a class. Right. Uh, but there's still something that can make up for that cognitive side sometimes where you actually still experience significant learning as a result of the impact of maybe human dimension, caring, or, you know, the learning how to learn. I, I, I'll make jokes about the pedals. I mean, to me, it looks like a bunch of those, um, those wooden spoons from the ice cream cups we got as kids, just a bunch of those like folded on each other. <laughs> but I think it is impactful that it gets to all these dimensions. And I really like it. Yeah. I'll yeah, say from know, like somebody, oh, go, oh, go ahead, Justin. Nope. Go, go ahead. ahead. You're good. Josh, okay, go so for it. Gonna... Josh, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay. So um, I think the point that's just to talk about what Will's mentioning, like what I've seen from the outside, Will and I have been talking about a handful of taxonomies, although apparently there's more that we don't know. Uh, <laughs> us. Um, but a lot of them, I think our complaint has been, um, we really got into this in our last one. We were talking about um, Kirkpatrick, but like the kind of like robotiness to taxonomies, I guess I would describe it like kind of like the, the person is a, they've got these levels that they can pick up and they the go subject. through these steps. Yeah. These subjects and they can, they can learn. And what I find interesting about uh, Finks is this part where it's kind of, it, it looks more complex. And as you've mentioned, Robin, maybe a little bit harder to evaluate, but I maybe feel less critical of it because I look at, like real life and go, well, humans are not as easy to evaluate as we think they are. Um, mm. And so it's kind of just kind of my, my perspective is being introduced to it, kind of looking at it that I really like about it. He has um, five elements of a good course is what he outlines in part of his book. And two of his elements are, they have to do with the interaction yeah. between the teacher and student. So one is that the teacher cares first of all, first and foremost, about the, oh, nice. the students <laughs> and the subject. And I think this is kind of where higher ed gets a bad rap too, because, well, my mom was a high school teacher and she always said elementary school teachers were weird because we care so much about the students. <laughs> because we, and like, you kind of care less and less as students get older. Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> what? I can yeah, endorse that so, statement. In kindergarten, that's what I taught most of my career. And yes, I did care much more about the student than I did the content that I was teaching. Um, But one of Fink's elements of a good course is that the teacher cares about the student first and foremost, and then the subject and the like active teaching and learning, like what's going on. And then the other one is interacting with all the students. So that's, you know, um, the affective pieces. But 
Also, I mean, obviously he puts in having a good system of feedback and grading and assessment and, you know, the active forms of learning and significant kinds of learning. But I felt it interesting that, you know, you have to care a little. Yeah, it goes both ways. Learning change. Mm. And I think we've all probably felt that in our classes too. Like, I mean, that we've gone through, you know, what teachers care and what teachers don't. So, yeah. You know, Robin, you mentioned that the, one of the conversations I was having today with my students about human dimensions beyond. So in my context and probably in a lot of teacher ed programs, I don't necessarily have to convince them you should love the kids. You should care about them as they're preparing to be kindergarten teachers or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but we were also talking about curriculum, how this causes us to think about curriculum in different ways. And I always think of this example from a professor at Calvin University, uh, David Smith, and he teaches German language. And all of his textbooks, there were like these stock photos of like, like the standard German person in Lederhosen. And, you know, you mean implicit racism? <laughs> yeah, I say that. And, and Oktoberfest, you know, excitement aside, um, you know, I, um, I, uh, he, he references this, like, what, what's the human impact of this curriculum? What kind of story is it selling to my students? that Cengage or Wiley or whoever put this thing together, um, just name some names, but uh, the, the generic, you know, um, but, but like thinking about what are the, what are the human impacts of even this? And is it telling me a full story, a full picture of the human impacts of when we talk about, I don't know, business and economics and uh, education, of course. Um, but man, there are so many things like that, that can touch uh, different parts of our, our, or direct curriculum or explicit curriculum, but as well as other components of as well, the environment, learning environment, no curriculum, hidden curriculum, all that. So, yeah. well, and that's where there's something to be said for like travel learns that are so impactful and that students never forget because of how much of themselves physically is a part of the learning experience. Mm -hmm. I did a travel learn in 2009. We did four countries, 19 days. I can't say I remember everything about the trip, but there are so many more aha moment memories from that trip than even mm -hmm. my vacation to it, <laughs> honey, don't hate me for this. Than even my honeymoon, right? Like at my honeymoon, what did we do for the week? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have, but I did. Guys, I it's okay. Have. It's okay. She doesn't listen to the she podcast. Doesn't. She'll never She'll hear this. She'll never hear this. <laughs> Like we, I'll put this in a good, I'll put, I'll try now to dig myself out of this hole and put this in a good, good light. <laughs> in our honeymoon, we relaxed, we, we ate food. We went, you know, we got on a sailboat that stands out to me, a great memory. Right. But like, it was just a chill week. And then <laughs> listener, Justin is currently pantomiming the act of digging. Yes. Yes. Compared against my travel learn where I went on the top of the, the Eiffel Tower, I went in the Louvre, I went to a concentration camp, right? These things and the emotional impact on my life stand out. I just want to erase the last 10 minutes of this podcast. Well, you're the editor. You can, I suppose. <laughs> I, I could. It would be so hard. It's so hard. No, it's not happening. It's I, I own this. I love you, baby. If you ever listen to this, that's a good joke. So, um... <laughs> well, and like, okay, so Will, here, let me dig you out Thanks. for a second. I think what you're getting at, though, is like all of those things had a part where they were tied to learning had a purpose of showing some of what I here, human dimension, getting you to care about the topic you're dealing with. The point, I, the whole point I think we're talking about is I was trying to dig you out, but it's not working. I don't think. No, 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 no. I, I agree with where you're going. Like the emotional impact of things like uh, a, a concentration camp on me and even the other learners. I was on that trip with 44 strangers, 44 high school people who in my general estimation of them were not, generally estimated to be great um it was a tough trip and they were having a party and they were having a great time and they were all yeah, it wasn't kind of my shtick i was there to learn i was very interested in everything and yet at that concentration camp you could hear a pin drop 
every single one of those students was impacted by that experience and they began to care in a way that about the Louvre and the Eiffel, they didn't. And that's to me a demonstration of like what I was even saying before, the, the left half of the pedals really stand out to me as powerful and actually probably some of my favorite parts of learning while everything I've been taught about learning even my undergrad and bachelor and masters would probably lean towards that cognitive side, the foundational knowledge, the application, the integration. It's beautiful. I think this is a good thing. And we are finally past the giggles. Yeah. He actually mentions yeah. powerful forms of active learning. So it's funny that you do mention those things um, that the richer, the richer learning experiences encompass more of those petals like more than one of the petals are involved in a rich learning experience. Um, and talking about novel ways for students to learn the material um, beyond just the watch this video, answer these questions, <laughs> read this chapter, answer more questions. Are you talking about um, online education? Not at oh. all. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. Um, but yeah, like, and especially... I think you guys were talking in past episodes recently about reflecting and how we don't do it enough. And um, that learning how to learn piece is mm -hmm. really crucial in the reflection process as well, because that's where you get that. I, Robin, I appreciate that because in, in, earlier you mentioned the idea that Finks talks about this change. It's part of why I really gravitate towards this because it opens up your thinking about the learning process itself whether it's learning how to learn or even integration. Like, so, I mean, I think foundational knowledge application, like we can kind of map those onto blooms or something pretty easily, mm -hmm. but integration talks about a process. It's about an incorporation into a schema and a network of understanding that I think is really useful for, for learners and for um, teachers. Oh, and I actually just, for, an example of that, I just remembered something I did, uh, an online course I designed or was an SME on. Uh, we have a weekly reflection piece. And this is a doctoral level course, but I wanted them to reflect on their change throughout the course. So I've got a picture of the flower and I want them to pick one dimension each week where they're reflecting. Here's how I sensed a level of change, even though in a week it's going to be small, but I had them kind of reflect on that. And so that's, that's one design component, if, you know, steal that, use it. Um, but I haven't taught it yet. So we'll see how, see how that goes. The, the irony of that <laughs> practice is that it, it really maps to something that I think is good in Kirkpatrick's. Uh, Kirkpatrick's is four levels, very simple. The first one of them, the word is of course going to elude me now, is about getting their reaction. I think it's reactions. Um, and, and it's about when we're doing the training, when we're doing the learning, um, making sure that there's a post-session survey that they, they call a smart, uh, a smile sheet. They want to get that reaction from people. And like one of the things that I think about in the context of training and how I've done that in the past is like you might have lunch and learns all semester. You may have one every other week or something like that. Each one's going to be a different training session. I want to see those smile sheets, every single one of those, not because I need to necessarily know what happened that day. Very helpful. But at the end of the semester, I can look back across all of those and say, were the folks generally satisfied, generally impacted? How could we improve the overall program, the overall level? And that's where I, I, I would relate that to here to say, what can we be doing to connect with those students more frequently about their caring and their human dimension? A smile sheet is a little benign, but like smiley, neutral, or sad face, right? Like just something simple could be really great over time so that not only are your students getting to see that of themselves, but you're getting that connection point. Josh mm -hmm. was talking about, you know, maybe doing that with, with his course coming up soon, not necessarily smile sheet. Yeah, I suggested like a, yeah, it was some kind of, I didn't want to call it a smile sheet because I hate that term with a passion. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe you just need to smile more, <laughs> buddy. Like, like, yeah, I mean, well, maybe. Apparently I'm not happy enough. I need to be happier. Um, but uh, like just getting a vibe on how the students one are feeling how they're doing within the midst mm. of this and like finding kind of having them reflect on their own progression kind of what you're talking about justin what you're doing like trying to at a different level get them to reflect on okay how are they changing mm. in one of these areas like how are they like starting to kind of also process their own learning for both them to kind of understand it think through it and also for us to see how to get a read on how they're actually learning as well i think that helps us as the the person teaching get a better feel on where they're at 
are we actually seeing progression in them or not based on how mm. they're responding to these questions um, could be helpful. He actually yes. outlines some factors of change too. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so there's five different <laughs> factors of change. One is the willingness to think and reflect critically that we've been talking about. Um, and the other is to a willingness for to search for new ideas. Okay. Then using the new ideas faithfully and responsibly, then adapting those new ideas to new situations and then persisting. Like, and mm. I guess it hmm. seems to me cyclical, so it could go over and over and over with any new concept. Right. Oh, I like that. The, 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 yeah, that's interesting. The like, progression yeah. of it. That, those, those factors, though, reinforce for me... <laughs> the snowflakiness of this not not to say that in a negative way like there's so many layers to this is like an onion you know onions yes. have layers there's like there's the six petals and there's significant <laughs> learning in the middle then there's elements then there's factors like this dude loaded his taxonomy with info that's the beauty though i think it's it's it defies easy measurements as you know as a proper understanding of human learning you know, is, which I, yeah, I love that. I, and like Robin, you said that the, the critical reflection piece, Josh, you talked about it. Oh, it is just so important for our students and ourselves. Um, I've been trying some, some things on my exit tickets really intentionally to up my game in that area. So just the other week I asked them, what's one thing you need for me to be successful? Uh, and you kind of would expect, day. really, yeah, you would almost <laughs> expect, you know, my freshmen, my sophomores to ask for the easy A, you know, jokingly, we might say, okay, they're going to, you know, ha ha. Um, but no, they were sincere responses, affirming very specifically things I'd done that helped them or saying, hey, I wish you'd do this a little bit more. Like the next lesson I was able to, to, to put some of those things in place. So like, wow, you just, I, I, they, my students always surprise me uh, in, in good ways, mostly, but um, uh, <laughs> helping them think, think critically about what's their process. And I get the advantage of teaching teacher and teacher ed where you can kind of break the third wall often. And be like, guys, why do you think I did what I just did? You know, you kind of like, yeah. and I wouldn't necessarily get to do that in other other disciplines, but um, so it's it's kind of cheating. But um, yeah, oh, so hey, I really no, you're that. you're, you're doing. I would call that socio metacognition, right? You're trying to show them how you've thought about thinking to learn to think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did that make sense? I think that worked. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think, thinkception. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio understood it. Yes. Um. <laughs> but did this top? Did it stop spinning? I just, I just need to know. No, oh, that's a question for a different podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, one thing I want to, I guess, I want to dig into and just ask you real quick too is whenever we've talked about things before, there's a lot of conversation too about how all of these interconnect with each other a little bit more than other taxonomies. How do you guys kind of understand that in things and maybe try to work it out in what you guys are doing? I think um, along with those factors of change, like there are multiple things happening when a student is changing based on learning. So like probably when they're using new ideas consistently, they are also integrating. They are also applying what they're learning. They are also, you know, if they're doing those things willingly, then they're caring about what they're learning. Um, if it fails in one setting and then succeeds in another, then they're figuring out that how to learn piece. So, yeah, I mean, the graphic does, I mean, it's kind of like a Venn diagram on steroids because all of the things intersect in the middle. Um, and I just think with any kind of learning change, if they're consistently doing it and willingly doing it, then they're using all of them anyway together that's and hard I would to almost pull even, them apart yeah that's I, I would almost push back if you were just looking at say some pyramid with bloom's kind of taxonomy like just because you say you're just, <laughs> just hypothetically doing, yeah hypothetically and I, I really like bloom's bloom's is fantastic but 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 it uh if i think i'm just doing one i don't quite understand how learning works um even on those right so mm. Yeah, if I'm like I've had I've worked with faculty before and like, oh well, you know, this is a grad class. We just do critical thinking here. I'm like, well, what are you doing that with? Like what <laughs> you need some raw material to be playing around with. What are you so, critically like, thinking on? Yeah. Do you <laughs> ever lecture for basic facts? You know, like, yeah, yeah. you do. So. I mean, that's kind of, you know, 
one of the reasons this whole series came to be was because somebody criticized the fact that our office was not really we were not allowing for the highest levels of Bloom's taxonomy because we wouldn't go to the create level. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we were just resting on our laurels on apply and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I hate to split hairs here, but like in order to create, you have to apply what you've learned and you can, you can apply something by creating. It's yep. not that you can't create, like we're not killers of dreams, but <laughs> <laughs> careful for you tread I mean, on my dreams. Sometimes, sometimes we are killers of dreams, but um, we usually just leave that up to Josh. <laughs> yes. Yes, all the external tool (laughs) dreams. Um, But I I mean, I think in even in blooms or webs or any of them with like the levels, if you're going for a higher level, you're probably using all the other lower levels. So I mean, while it's hierarchical like that, Mm. yes. But I don't know. I feel like the circular diagram is a lot more friendly. The, the irony is we assume it's hierarchical because that's how we see it d- d- visualized. But but yeah. practically, it, yeah. the point is practically it is a circular. It is happening yeah. together. You can't create without first recalling. You can't synthesize without first recalling. You can't Correct. apply without creating. Like there's there's yeah. a relational nature ship nature. Wow. A relational nature yeah. <laughs> to those things you that. <laughs> And I've seen webs in a circle, and I've seen webs in a like a block, yeah. like okay. square blocks. Yeah, but. that's that's the piece, though, right? Like as an educational developer, I always like you think about this thing; it's going to get translated, it's going to get mediated uh, to the viewer, and like especially in higher ed, I would say more so than K twelve even. Blooms has been used for things that would make Bloom blush, probably. Like he, you know, uh, the, the idea of like he designed this thing to reflect many of the things we're talking about. But when you get into like, oh well, I just do critical thinking. Um, it's not you know picking your favorite fruit off the thing at the grocery store. This is you know, there's, there's more, you know, you have to pick some and not others necessarily. Um, but but the but the idea is when you when you list it or when you give it, when you just hand it to someone who doesn't really have other ways of interpreting that information, they often will run with it in ways that like the you know, context, context, context. So working with teachers to understand, Hey, like here's actually how you should use this, not just memorize this list and take out your cheat sheet. I have the, I have the classic cardboard wheel. Yes. You can spin around uh, <laughs> yeah. for, I have it for blooms and webs and you can, you know, pick your verbs, um, you know, make and, sure like, that it's aligned, too, right? Make sure, yeah, yo, yeah, you got to make sure. And, and I, personally, I still use those things often just because if I'm like brainstorming writing objectives or outcomes, it just helps me think in different ways yeah. uh, about what the kinds of things I want to see and hear my students doing. So, yeah, but but I think the the context around it really matters. You can't just say here do blooms, do create because it, it's 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 intuitive enough. You say ah, I want to see my who wouldn't who wouldn't want to see their students create? Um, right. It's not a bad so, yeah. thing. No, it's just uh, there's so much more context that has to go behind it and around it. Here's here's my here's my hot take on this for a second because this is coming up at a just like bringing bringing together some of the stuff that Will and I have been talking about for the last couple of weeks now on taxonomies because we Will and I keep coming back to the fact that like when it, in each episode so far we've talked about like a po- positives and some negatives and I feel like the negatives we come back to on most of them are just like we don't like graphs and being told what to do, uh, <laughs> but like like I think. In, in seriousness, I think when it comes to taxonomies or anything that we try to do with this, we as humans like boxes to put things in. Mm. And uh, I think I'm more and more coming to the conclusion that like, as we talk about learning and we talk about the way that we learn, if I feel like I can put what I'm being given easily into sectioned boxes, we should actually be more uncomfortable with what we're looking at than than an area like I would argue probably thinks you read it at first hand you go I'm not quite sure what to do with this. <laughs> where do I start <laughs> um and that uncomfortable feeling should actually be something we're looking for when we're talking about learning oh, because man. learning is more complicated beautiful and so like that looking at it that way I think should that's that's my hot take I like that hot take I feel like I've come I've come I'm away with something golf listener I am golf clapping over here <laughs> just I, I'd tweet I'd tweet that oh <laughs> snap. good 
Oh, no, that's Will's job. I just repeat whatever he, I just retweet whatever we do in high tech podcast. I'd fire that off. And it's going to occasionally like bird memes. Um, so. well, this is beautiful. Uh, f- unfortunately, we are not only looking at the clock, but against Justin's battery this evening. So yeah, we don't know where he's at right now. What are you at? Uh, we're looking at 30%. So, you know, we're down, yeah. we're down 25% since he started. Yeah, but that's where 30 is where it gets dangerous. That's when your computer's like, I'm not quite sure how to calculate. <laughs> it, well, it's just like, uh, and then 10 it's just like <laughs> e in your gas tank. You yeah, know, either like, games yeah. take. You know, you got twenty miles, but do you? I think. Like, yeah, it is. I like risking it sometimes, but yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> any clo- a closing thought uh, from each of you, Robin and or Justin, something that you want to like, how it's just stood out to you, or been uh, impacted you, or how you want to be maybe even thinking about it moving forward. I'm just trying to scatter shot here, here, so you have a little time to think while I babble. And then I will hand it off to Justin to start. One could say pitch, you know, why he pitches. Oh! <laughs> Swing, Bada Bada. Yeah, uh, so I, again, you guys are helping me to think about this in some different ways, which is really useful. I'm definitely going to go right back to my class on Thursday and uh, share some of this. <laughs> I'll just pour into the podcast. Yeah, um, make this a, a required listening. Required, oh, yeah, yeah. Crap. <laughs> no, oh, please man. don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll style that back. I would yeah. The first lesson for your students is when you're talking about your honeymoon in retrospect, do not do what I did. Yeah, if Justin's class, you ended up listening to this, that's bad marriage principle. Don't do that. That's that's a takeaway. I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to help you. Um, yeah. So no, I think uh, so. We've, we we kind of rounded up talking about this idea of how it how we want students to see this thing as, as, as a, a change event. It's a re- we're seeking change over time, whether it's dispositions, understanding, what, what have you. Um, and there's also this interpretive element with any of these frameworks, with webs, with, um, you know, any of the others we could name. I, I, so, so one of the things that's become really compelling to me, A, for working with especially early teacher educators, but also with our faculty, is that this, invites that 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 elements it invites you in it's it's a little more intuitive in terms of welcoming you into the ambiguity is not the word i want to use but the complexity i guess the complexity of measuring mm. learning um mm, and that some, some things will be easier than others uh to measure right uh foundational knowledge we got some pretty straightforward ways of doing that but uh human dimension how do i assess that you know i mean that's kind of tricky yeah. um you know again crap crept wall uh can help us with that perhaps um and they're the affective uh taxonomy but anyway you know so i i really do think um what's been compelling to me over finks over the years and why i've been convinced even i i loved i still love webs and that was like my main jam but finks has won me over maybe it's human dimension i don't know caring uh some things are happening uh but i I've really been compelled because it's, it, it invites that conversation both for your learners and for the teacher. And that to me becomes a really powerful tool that does something else that I don't see in some of their uh, taxonomies or frameworks. Awesome. Yeah. Robin? I think it has a lot to do with the change piece and I think it has a lot to do with the interaction piece because we can't learn in a vacuum. We can't exist in a vacuum. Um, I think we need you know, other learners around us and other people around us to interact. And when that interaction becomes significant learning and change takes place, then the human dimension is fully flourishing. Um, And we can have a bunch of techniques that we use as teachers. um, But when we can put them together and make, make them purposeful and meaningful for our students, then you know, it's, it's strategic, it's, it's purposeful. Um, and it means a lot for them to be learning. So. It's a moment where the design, the intention, the cognitive side of it has that fruit on their life, on their impact on, on their human mm. dimension. And it happens in community. I think that's a huge piece of it. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Love me some community learning. There we go. Love it. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I just, I'm, I love that so much. I'm just such a fan of it. You know, I am a big fan. Nailed it. Transition. I'm also a fan idea. of it. You know, a fan of school. Oh, 
she doubled down. She beat me to it. Well done. Well done. Golf clap. There we go. Golf clap. Uh, as always, we prompt our listeners. No participants uh interviewees people friends somebody yes. involved in the podcast <laughs> to, Nailed it. to bring an app with them and this week robin brought us fan school that's the name right fan school yes um quite similar to fan duel um <laughs> no i'm serious like i'm pretty sure oh. that's where they got it um oh, gosh. <laughs> because it's not, it's not it's not no it's super cool you're, you're gonna love it um i actually learned of this through my daughter's teacher, my her social studies teacher, who is a really cool, really cool guy. Um, but so he set up this. And so I don't know if it works with other subjects. So he's a history, like social studies teacher. And he set up this activity where this his kids are supposed to learn about current events. Okay. So it has to do with world news. Um, and it's basically a fantasy current events league (laughs) yeah i know right so i'm in a fantasy soccer league and i love it and so the minute i heard about this when he sent all the parents an email saying hey your kids are doing this at school um here's a parent league that i set up just for our kids parents um here pick your countries so the thing is you pick your country, like you have a bank of so much money, I guess, and you pick your countries based on who you think is going to appear in the news most often. Oh. So the countries are ranked, um, like the U.S. is really close to the top, Russia is really close to the top, and in cost, and also because they are in the news a lot. So you pick your countries based on who's who you think is going to be in the news, and then you get your points that way. So it's like a fantasy current events. <laughs> so fan school. Um, I don't That's like I said. Amazing. I have no idea if this works for other subjects, but I think it's really cool for you know middle school, high school social studies teachers. Um, I can picture a college social studies like humanities. Uh, I mean, the, the the health and physical ed folks are almost always doing like their own fantasy leagues, actually, too. So yeah, why not? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah. there's no money bet on it or anything. <laughs> it's just some Hopefully. friendly competition <laughs> between the, the, the eighth grade parents. <laughs> like, I can look at my list and be like, oh, I know that person. Like, I know their kid, you know. Um, it's just this just sounds like a, a social studies prof somewhere with a comp sci degree computer science decided like oh FanDuel yeah huh. ah, fan school <laughs> what if I made my students do this and I gave them a grade for it yeah yeah I would love so, to hear the pitch meeting for a, that a, right I'm yeah. just super proud of my daughter because she picked Cutter as one of her countries and I was like why did you do that and she goes well aren't you guys always like talking about the world cup all the time and I'm like Yes, uh, I'm uh, so uh, proud of you right now. <laughs> wow, you know when you've trained them up in righteousness. Yes, you know? I like, know. Yeah. It's like they're going to be all that over is, the news in a month. I think, the long beyond, game. I think even beyond the novelty of that, though, I'm, what I'm hearing is, and as a former high school history teacher, I'm a big fan of this, because um, I used to do current events a ton. But there's a predictive element, which I think is so useful um, you know, as you move from unit to unit in social studies, the conversation is like, well, okay, we know this to be true. We've had these general principles from, hey, we talked about the Roman Empire. Uh, we talked about immigration. What are these principles that we can then extract out of this era that may be true across? They were kind of timeless principles. And, and how can we use that to, to maybe prediction is a strong word, but like get some insight into what the world is doing and where it might be headed in some ways. Like you want to get them to think like historians. And so I, I think there's some powerful things that that taps into at its best. At its worst, I'd be really curious to see what happens. But at its best, I think it's <laughs> This is suddenly like back alley, like betting rings from the students. Yeah, right, like, yeah. So I wonder how many times the president of the school is going to say this this week. Like they start just like betting on everything. <laughs> hmm. the whole Last thing. time yeah. I was in eighth yeah. place. On- I'm not sure what I'm in right now. Ruh-roh. Oh, you're going to up your game. 
Well, I'm in like yeah, four millionth up. place in the Premier League fantasy league, so <laughs> <laughs> better than that. <laughs> Would you pick Wrexham? Oh wait, they're not in the Premier League. Oh, well. <laughs> no, they're not. Got a few years to so. <laughs> oh, sports. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I I would just say on a quick look, it does look like it's kind of general news based. Yeah. So it looks like it might actually work outside of just like social studies mm. and history. I would love to tell us more, but their website appears to be. Yeah, there, so we'll this, see my that... server can't reach it. I was moment, trying so. to ignore yeah. that and hoping yeah. just to ignore it for the moment. But <laughs> hopefully by the time this Sorry. episode's up by whenever it is that the website's back up. Listen, it happens. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so that doesn't mean it's a bad means it's a bad app. Uh, it sounds really cool. I think it's worth checking yeah. out. Love and, that. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you, Robin and Justin. Uh, thank you, Josh, for coming as well. Thank you, Will, for yeah, giving us all a great nice. laugh. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you know, yeah, make sure. Uh, so, yes, thank you. It was uh, fun as usual. <laughs> Clearly, we tell you yeah. we will invite you back, and it and it and it happened. So it does. Yeah. Our Guys, I've, I've thought deeply. I've laughed till my face hurt. It's it's been a good <laughs> podcast episode. Bingo. Yeah. And, and how, how much we got left? Where are we at? 20, 22%? So, 23%. Good guess. Ooh, wow. Um, wow. So she's kind of, it's just, wow. We're dropping right down here. We're gonna, we need a fan school for battery power. Sun's, sun's going down. Sun's getting real low. <laughs> Deep comment. All right. Well, in a moment here, Josh and I will wrap the episode, but thank you both so much, and we hope to have you back soon enough. All right? Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, 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 what a wellspring of knowledge between Robin and Justin, one of our longer episodes recently, yeah. and all for the best reasons. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the I love having both of them on. It was, uh, I'd say, successful first panel. Anybody who debates me about that being a panel is wrong. Um, hey, and, hey, you uh, had a moment coming out of it where you're like, that was stressful. But, you know, uh, yeah, well, you know, it is. I mean, it's only the two of us where really if you get four people in there, and then you're like, yeah, uh, 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 talk words. <laughs> anyway, it was a great topic. I, I, uh, I feel like I learned a lot more about things, even though I knew because like as Robin had mentioned, like the design team on Robin and I's team read it, but I'm not a part of the design team. So I was saddened by myself without a Finks book. Um, I himself. After <laughs> after getting their insights, though, on that one taxonomy, I'm kind of like, well, dang, I wish I had them for the rest of the day. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's only because it took Justin five seconds to mention taxonomies. We don't we're not we haven't even talked about during the series yeah and he what did he um, like mention 10 of them 15 i don't know he's a we 25 know, other ones such as it's yeah anyway but i'm glad you, Jay, i'm a little amazing. i'm a little biased towards finks now i think um so i'm glad i brought them on for finks that we brought him on for finks uh so uh yeah i don't know i, I will be i'll be honest they, like i so i've known about finks i've heard about it through the design team i've you know gotten graphics from justin at certain points or whatever and looked into it a bit um yeah i know the more and more i think about it the more after our conversation with the two of them that i think about it the more and more i'm like okay i kind of i dig this like i i could see i could see how this is i think i still come back to what i said during the episode which is like that if the if i could summarize anything thinking through this taxonomy series we've done it's like if it's too easy to put learning into boxes out of it then mm. i maybe it's more skeptical be less effective now. like maybe it's less effective like maybe the advantage of thinks is that it's not easy to put things into boxes yeah. um, and maybe better represents the complexity of learning. I still don't think perfectly. I think there's stuff that it doesn't do well that others do, or, you know, that they all don't quite get. Cause well, and some of the other ones are just like more focused. That's totally fine. Yeah. Right. Like they're really like de webs, depth of knowledge. Right? It was four levels. I think like, that's just, that is a really focused approach to yeah. measuring, quantifying uh, learning. One of the things that stood out to me that was <laughs> light bulb moment, you know, should have realized this sooner. Just looking at it like there's kind of a half and half, like I said in the episode again, cognitive versus affective or kind of human human centric, you, you know, like, yeah, I, I didn't notice that before. You just kind of look at it. It's like, oh, look at all these petals. Look at all these le leaves, whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to call the shapes um, that are coming out of the main center piece of it. But if you if you kind of as we walk through it, like half of them are cognitive, half of them are affective. And 
I think that the power in that is you can use those cognitive ones to do the qualitative assessment. Excuse me. That what I meant to say is the quantitative assessment. You can <laughs> start to try and measure things more yeah. on the cognitive side, but you still have that qualitative side that respects the humans and yeah. leaves space for motivation, which is mucky and miry. Like you yeah. can't measure motivation. But at least it gives like a title to it a little bit. Like, okay, there's motivation spans everything, but it does give a little bit of like a focused way you can lean into some motivation, which is, sure. I was thinking about this the other day, which is like, the uh like how do you get students to either care about how this impacts them or other people or like it gives a little bit i would say more weight to what you're learning because this is not just some sterilized topic in a in a classroom but actually like matters for some reason yeah. um whether yeah. or not it's going to matter whether whether they're learning math and um they're not going to be an accountant one day uh, but you can get them to care about the fact that like this is going to help them better understand how to, you know, do life situations or like how math is tied to, um, you know, people who get really psyched about math, get psyched about the ideas. I'm saying people cause I'm not one, uh, but get psyched about the idea <laughs> those of, like, other folks how, like, out there. Yeah. Like how math is everywhere. I mean, it's, it's literally like parts of our world uh, function yeah. on math, like getting students excited about, more than just learn this because I'm telling you to learn it, but learn it because this does actually impact your everyday or impacts the world or impacts people or like getting them to kind of start to care more about the topic um, yeah. than just about what they're learning. Yeah, I love that about Finks. I love that even about our conversation, how we pull that out. And you like Justin's almost a, a, a demonstration that, that Finks is so important. He's got so much cognitive knowledge about education broadly <laughs> you know yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> and he loves it like he probably has so much knowledge because he loves it but he he loves it because he has so much knowledge like i don't yeah. know like I, I see that as a really um great demonstration and robin of course has been in the industry for so long education saying that and and, and moved from like you know pre-k and kids age up here to the higher education probably done other stuff in between i don't know her whole uh, history but like it's amazing that folks like this that dig in and love education stay in it for a lifetime if you will make a career out of it will show that they have that cognitive knowledge and the love for it and so what we can see for education nerds that's going to be easy but like activating that in a student who wants to learn math or activating that in a student who wants to learn engineering, yeah. having them and, and and finding for them what it is to get all the cognitive stuff about their their subject matter and get them engaged, yeah. loving it, motivated. So it's it, yeah. I, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I really like it, too. And it, like thinking through just that this is this seems to be the part. I think that's the part of the flower that we liked. The most. I mean, I like all the other parts as well of it. But like the, the cognitive side of it, as we've talked about, is like, OK. Like I can see it in other taxonomies. I kind of like how Finks breaks it up a little bit the way he does it. But um, at the same time, it's like, okay, most of the other taxonomies, they all have something in those components to a certain extent. Right. Right. Like, so I think what gets us most excited about Finks is that other side, the, like the human component of it. And like, I was just yes. thinking about the other day, that part of that, like carrying the human element is also just like, it's, it's raising the stakes for people. It's, create it like tying it more to things so like if you want to work through philosophical questions instead of just giving generic philosophical questions make it real for them like if you're going to ask them um i don't know i'm at a loss tonight for uh philosophical questions right now but um <laughs> you know if we're you know if we're going to ask what is our, real oh, yeah what is real if we're going to if we're going to ask them something like are all people generally good natured or bad natured right or something like that wow right? you can wow. ask them that general philosophical question and give me an answer you know five pages on that philosophical question or you can tie it to um like this you know your uh younger sibling you know two years old do you think they're generally good natured or bad natured you know or like um you know, so like you, you could tie it and get them to care more about the topic by actually tying it to right. people, tying right. it to things. Right. Um, it's not manipulating them. It's just making it more real. Like at the end of the day, we care about that question because of people. It's kind um, of ethical of manipulation. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. It's ethical. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's ethical manipulation. But it's not manipulation. At the end of the day, philosophical questions. The reason we we deal with those questions 
is because of those scenarios. So let's right. stop generating them as generic questions and actually tie them to the real world. The real Absolutely. reason humanity cares about those questions or the existence of where we came from is not just because we like arguing. It's because we're looking for <laughs> meaning in this world, right? So some like, of us, it's it both. Those real... Well, yeah. Okay. So you got some of them, but anyway, so that part, and I also like the, just like continuing to learn part, right? Like trying to figure yeah. out how to help them continue to learn the topic or the situation or identifying that the course is not the end all of the topic that you need to be able to get them to a point that they better understand the topic that they're they're meeting the outcomes but at the end of the day every course's outcome should also be by the end of this course they can better learn in general and learn this thing whatever yeah. your source material is yeah Right. So. All right. All right. Well, folks, we've probably, I don't even know, taken you to an hour and 15 at this point. Thank you for sticking around. Um, next episode, episode 77. Yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty stoked for this question. Um, yeah. We're going to be digging into whether or not every lesson needs to have an assessment. Yeah. Right. Do they, does every lesson, every, anything that someone's going to do in a learning experience, does it, should it be assessed? Yeah. Hot topic. We'll see if that's going to be fun or not. Or not. Uh, and then we might just be like, I know the answer to that already. No, and <laughs> and we're, we're actually going to be doing yeah, I already know. And I am just going to skip the episode. We're going to be we'll digging into two um, honorable mention apps next week. So they're smaller yeah. and easier to use. Pretty, pretty straightforward, but they're accessibility focused. We're really excited about these. So the one is free online OCR. Uh, which will have a link and everything like that that we'll talk about next week and put in our episode page. And then on Twitter, there's something called the image alt bot that we want to uh, highlight and make sure folks know to use when they're working to be more accessible. Oh. As always, find us on Twitter at High Tech Podcast. Make sure to like us, subscribe, hang out, send us messages. Love that. Uh, check us out at inbox at hightechpod.us if you have requests for oh, interviews, want to get on the podcast with us. Uh, want to take us to task for something we said to today's episode uh, and finally find all of our episode pages at hightechpod.us where you can like everything we've got and share it all the website pages that josh makes for us thanks again for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in the classroom whether it be online or in person until next time see ya see ya